Welcome back to another episode of the Carter Cast. I'm your host, Carter Bond. On today's show, it's just Connor and I, and we're back to doing the basketball pods. Before we intro the basketball pods and everything, uh, the World Cup pod, the file got corrupted. The same thing happened with the audio from the four-man football pod. So I don't know what happened to him. The hard drive's done. So sorry about that. It was not on Spotify. If you were not able to listen to the football interview, uh, four-man football show, it is on YouTube. Go check it out. And it's on cartercast.com as well. But the World Cup pod, not able to be put out. It was edited and everything. It just was not put on a separate hard drive as well. So... Uh, apologize about that one. I can, I'll be putting out world cup picks every single day on Twitter and on cartercast.com. So go check that out. We are very, very sorry about that one, but today we do our basketball pod. It is a great one. It's Connor and I, we start off. I think we have to start off every week because we were so wrong on this team. It's the Utah jazz, the number one team in the West. They're 12 and six. They are just lights out. They can't stop winning basketball games. We get into the warriors, how, their troubles. How are they going to work out things? Luca being the MVP, a little bit on the Kings. And then we play a little, who would you rather have? And we'll compare a player. For example, who would you rather have LeBron James or Jason Tatum? We don't necessarily get into that one on the show today, but we have some great ones for you. And then we do college basketball, Duke, Carolina, Gonzaga, Kentucky, college basketball is a landscape. Great, great podcast. We're back on Wednesday. It's going to be Wednesday afternoon. We're going to post it a little earlier this week uh, just because Thanksgiving coming up. We're going to be posting on Wednesday our football show. Guests are coming back next week. We should have Bo Estes coming on in the next week or so. And then uh, we're going to get some other former NBA, NFL players on here as well. Going to get back to doing some awesome interviews. And uh, thanks again. We really appreciate you guys listening. And uh, we will, uh, I hope you guys enjoy today's show. All right, we're back. I'll say, I, I know you heard it in the intro that I filmed after this podcast, but the World Cup preview pod was not able to come out. I hate technology. I hate the hard drives. I, external hard drives are the worst. Going iCloud everything. It's a disaster. I apologize to everyone. Uh, we had the World Cup pod edited. Everything was ready to go. Ugh. And then and then the audio for the football pod didn't even get to come out. It, yeah, it's a rough. disaster. It's an all-time disaster. Won't happen again, I promise. Uh, but we got to talk about NBA today. The NBA, we're doing basketball pod today. Then we're doing the football pod on Wednesday. NBA, the Jazz are still good. We keep talk, We kept talking about the Jazz before the season. Mortal lock, they're going under. They want to tank. They're in the Wimbenyama sweepstakes. They just keep winning basketball games. And you think they keep on getting, like, they'll win two or three in a row, and then they lose yep. one. And then you're like, ah, well... I think the Jazz are probably done. They might. I don't know if they're going to keep going. Yep. And then all of a sudden, they turn around and then they win. Well, the question keeps being asked: Okay, are the Utah Jazz legit? Okay, if they win this game, then maybe they're legit. If you look at their schedule, they started the year off winning against Denver, winning against Minnesota, winning against New Orleans. Then they beat Memphis twice. Then they beat the Lakers twice. The Clippers, the Hawks, Phoenix, Portland. Those are some good quality wins. Like they're not first in the conference for no reason. And. We came on the show, obviously, before the season, and we're like, they're going to be the worst team in the league. They're probably going to get Wimbanyama. And I don't, I did not expect to talk about the Jazz much at all after that. Like, if no. you would have said, we're, we're doing 10 NBA shows in the next few months, I would have said, okay, we'll mention the Jazz once because Jordan Clarkson did something funny. And it yep. wasn't me. And I'd have been like, that's it. Or Colin Sexton did something funny. They're legitimately a threat in the West. Like, it's been 20 games. That's a pretty large sample size. 
I don't. Th- I still don't even know if they're a threat necessarily. They already play the playoffs. Team, a threat they're, to make the playoffs. They're gonna make the play in. Well, they're, they're it's a, a team for the play in. It's a team every night that's like okay, like if they're playing the Celtics, this might be a good game. They have a shot to make it a game against the best teams in the league. Now they're still a Tennessee. They can get blown out and have an off night, but for the most part this year, they've been competitive in every single game. They do struggle a lot more on the road. I'm looking at it right here, which does make sense. I mean, when you go to Utah, it's somewhere you're not excited to go to because it's not like Madison Square Garden where you're like, I'm going to put on a show tonight. It's usually a cold Tuesday night coming off a back-to-back from Denver. You're playing in altitude. Yep. You're tired. You're it's, it's just a bad – you're not happy to be there. But they keep winning games. You, you can't argue it. It's crazy. Like, Listen like to this, though. They've they've only lost one game by double digits this year, only one. They've been in all these games, and that comes down to two things. That comes down to one coaching. Will Hardy's Will Hardy's a good coach, man. Will Hardy's is. is a really good coach. And then the second thing it comes down to is team effort. They buy into the coach. It goes hand in hand. Like very yeah, it comes down to the cool uniforms. Your uniforms are so bad too. Like that's <laughs> that's the funny thing. They change to these highlighter uniforms, and they're still and they're just balling. They're like, uh, and they're fun to watch. That's the they cra- have identity. The crazier thing, like they have I'm identity. not, I'm not interested. Like in even watching Laurie Markkinen or Mike Conley, especially Malik Beasley, any of these dudes, and they're so fun to watch because they play really solid team basketball. It's so much more fun to watch a team that's not supposed to be good. It's it's almost like the same kind of energy as March Madness, where you're like, oh man, this 14 seed Princeton just won their first round game against a three seed. Now I'm exhilarated. Like that was so much fun to watch because they're not supposed to be there. It's obviously lesser scale in the NBA regular season, but still, if you're watching an NBA game and you see the Jazz roster, you're like, "How the hell were they beating the defending Western Conference champions?" You know? Exactly. It makes no sense, but I love it. Like it does sink for me as someone who's you know near the Jazz Stadium want to go to some Jazz games. Tickets yeah. aren't cheap anymore. Tickets really? are ticket. The nosebleeds are going up there. I'm not paying. And I, I'm a rule of thumb. I will never pay more than 20, 30 bucks a sick nosebleeds upper level at an NBA game. I just won't. I'd rather not yeah. go to the game, rather watch it on TV. But the Jazz games, it's like 50 bucks upper level against well, like the Pistons. Let's think about this, though. Utah, it wasn't going to take much for Utah to embrace a starting front court of Laurie Market and the Kelly Olenek. That's just right up their alley. What do you mean by that? Uh, if you just look at them, I mean, and you just think about Utah, then, you know. I, I, I don't know if I agree with that, but yeah, I mean, I don't know what more much. I, I feel like we just have to continually start our NBA pods, just praising Utah because guess what? They deserve you, it. You have to. They're number one in the West by two games. Makes no sense. They're balling out. They're they're so good. They're fun to watch. They're a great team. They're well coached. They're no longer in the Wembenyama sweepstakes. I know Danny no. Ainge is probably pissed, but they got a zillion draft picks. They're yep. deadly. The other weird part is, is like, what direction do they want to go? Do they want to go, hey, we want to trade our picks later. We want to trade these picks and go for it. Or do we want to, you know, trade a guy like Laurie Markkinen, trade a guy like Malik Beasley or Jordan Clarkson, try and get some more draft picks later down the line, maybe like a late, you know, 20, 2027 Lakers first round pick right. for one of their play, role players. But the, that is an interesting question because – with the pieces the Jazz have, they have good quality pieces. They have pieces that could be centered around a good playoff team. Even the way Laurie Markin is playing, even the way Mike Conley is playing, Jordan Clarkson, they don't have that one superstar guy like they had 
and Donovan Mitchell or, you know, somebody above his tier even. So who do they trade for to make that happen? Like, I don't think a Russell Westbrook would come there. Like, he might fit the identity, scrap, play hard. He might fit their identity, but that's not going to make them any more of a contender. You know, like, who do they even trade for to go for it? I'm not sure. Well, they would have to trade picks with it. And someone no, like, right. I'm saying they would have to do these crazy Gobert, KD hauls for a Bradley Beal type trade. I'm not saying Bradley Beal exactly, but something like that, where they have what, like four four teams in the NBA have like 50% of the first round draft picks, it seems like. Yeah. And the Jazz are one of those teams. Right. I just don't know if they're you know, we keep doubting them. I don't know if they're good enough to mortgage their future and all those draft picks to try to make a run in a year where I really still don't think they'll make any noise in the playoffs. I don't, I I think you're right on that. I'm not going to disagree with that. Um, But I, like I said, we're going to every, if the jazz are continually going to be good, I'm going to make sure I'm, I'm going to come on here and say I was wrong. That's, that's being honest, holding myself accountable. We can do that on the Carter cast. We can, we can admit defeat sometimes on the Carter cast. Speaking of defeat, the Golden State Warriors, they are 8-9. and nine. They finally won their first road game last night, barely against the Houston Rockets. Clay looked good last night. I mean, mm-hmm. first time he's really looked decent. He's still a complete liability on defense. The young yeah. guys are not coming into their own. James Wiseman has been ousted from the NBA, shunned by Steve Kerr. Jordan Poole is so Rightly so. Steph Curry's having an MVP-like season, better than his previous MVP years. This is the best Steph Curry season yep. we've ever seen. And then Draymond, he's just he's not – he's just kind of eh. He's just kind of there. Yeah, I agree. We said it before the year, we needed the young guys to step up for the Warriors to be any type of like um, regular season threat again. Wiseman's in the G League. Kuminga played, what, six minutes last night. Moses Moody played four minutes. Their bench right now is Jordan Poole, who's playing very off right now. Dante DiVincenzo coming off an injury. Jamichael Green, like that's their bench. And then Anthony Lamb, who they just signed a few weeks ago. Like that's not at all what we thought coming in. And Ty Jerome, who's been hurt, but Ty Jerome was getting consistent minutes for them. These are guys that are on two-way contract. We're in the G League last year. You know, like it doesn't make any sense for a defending champ to come in like that. It's weird. It's very weird when you watch him and they don't, there's just something missing. There's something missing. Because and even last night, it's got to be just effort. Even last night, Clay dropping 40, Curry had 30, and they still barely beat the Rockets, who are the worst team in the NBA right now. I just don't understand. Tari Easton and Kevin Porter were just getting whatever they wanted on them. Jabari was, Smith was balled out in the first half. Yes, it was insane to watch. It, it was just crazy to watch. And like Wiggins has played okay. Like Wiggins hasn't been bad. You can't fault him. I don't know what the problem is. I don't get it. He, they can't guard anybody. I, the other, th- they can't guard anybody, and they're just not rebounding the ball. Yep, they're just flat out not rebounding the ball. They're, I think they're like twenty seventh, twenty eighth in the league in rebounding percentage. It's terrible. And guys like Andrew Wiggins and these smaller dudes have to step up and put more effort into getting rebounds. I'm not saying Andrew Wiggins specifically; like other dudes have to come in and right. get rebounds, obviously. But uh, they're just, it's. I don't. I think it's just an effort thing, and it's hard for them to get up for the regular season. And the other thing I mentioned it on the last podcast that like kind of goes on, it's not talked about enough in the NBA is back in the day, these dudes, whenever they went on the West coast or went, went on the East coast, let's say magic Johnson's playing on the East coast. 
when he's back east, he's going to go put on a show because this is their right. one chance to see them. And it's not nationally televised all every single night like every game is now with NBA League Pass. So this is the one chance these East Coast people get to see him. He's going out. He's going to ball out. The Warriors, it's kind of the opposite. They know like every, they know everybody knows them. So yep. an East Coast trip is kind of a burden for them. Yeah. And then they go to these East Coast games. This, these are these people's marquee games. The Wizards, the Hornets, the Magic, the Heat. These are these marquee games of the season that you sell your season tickets saying, hey, come see Steph Curry and the Warriors play. And you go mm-hmm. to those games, that's going to be an amped crowd. Everyone's going to be pumped, cheering against you. And you have to bring it. Like You have to bring that extra amount. And the previous Warrior seasons, they really haven't had to bring it because they really haven't been contending, really. Right. Right. I agree completely. And even this year, they're like, they're in a weird habit right now of resting their starters on like a back to back every now and then like tonight against New Orleans. Second time already this year in 20 games, they've rested their starters in New Orleans, which sucks because I want to see that's a good game. That's a great game. I was excited to watch that game tonight. If you don't know, we're recording on Monday around seven o'clock Eastern right now. Yeah, I wanted wanted to see the Warriors Pelicans. I had that marked on my calendar. I'm like, all right gonna sit down get my popcorn watch this game zion's, zion's back. back zion's yep. back exactly and they're resting on a back-to-back just it's just lame it's really lame and it's it's feeling a little i don't want to say it's feeling clippersy but like people are still kind of giving them the same energy where it's like oh it's like they'll be fine come the playoffs like they can rest their guys and coast through the regular season and then when the playoffs come they'll be fine and the warriors have a better chance of doing that than the clippers do i'll i will say but I still don't think that'll work. I still don't think that'll work. So I think they can. Coasting's a little strong. Coasting's a weird word because their version of coasting can be 44 and 38 and you're like in the play-in. Mm-hmm. They need to They need to be that four seed. If they they're do. They're the four seed. I don't care how many games they rest. That doesn't matter. If the Warriors end up being the four seed, it's going to be hard for me to bet against the Golden State Warriors in the playoffs. It's just a matter of fact. I agree. As long as they have home court advantage in that first round, it's going to be tough to beat them. Curry's too good right now. It, it's going to be for me like I was really young when when these series were happening and everything, when LeBron was taking on the Celtics and everything. But when he finally beat them, you kind of knew the Celtics' time was over. So that's mm-hmm. what it's going to take for the Warriors is like they're going to have to get actually beat full strength in a playoff series by one of these young guys for me to fully believe like, okay, they're actually – their time's come and gone, you know? And the, and the West is wide open where – do you really see the Grizzlies beating the Warriors? Do you really see the Timberwolves beating the Warriors? No. The Nuggets. The Nuggets can't defend a broomstick. No. They're just not. They don't have enough talent or experience to do that yet. Memphis maybe in a couple of years. Phoenix? I still don't think this year. That's sketchy too. The that's Jazz? Too. I think the Jazz might win the finals. Let's <laughs> not go that far. With the Kings? The Kings are <laughs> good me. now. The Kings are pretty good now. We can talk about them in a minute. But you said the Suns. That's interesting to me. I think their time might be coming gone. They still have a really good roster, and they're going to be a good regular season team. I don't see them yeah, getting past the Western Conference Finals anymore. The, the Suns are feeling a little like we talk about this a lot. The Suns are getting in that DeMar DeRozan, Kyle Lowry yep. zone where it's like these Raptors teams, are, they kind of stink. Like You know well, they're like going to be old, there, but those, those old Budenholzer Hawks teams, like you know yeah. they're going to be there, but – you're never actually going to be feel threatened by them. It's like right. how everybody feels right now about like the Minnesota Vikings or like TCU in college football, probably a better example. Like yep, nobody's yep. actually threatened by TCU. It's just more of a fact of how are they even here? Yeah, I 100% agree. 
and when it gets to the playoffs, it's just totally different. Because like the Suns could have sixty wins, and then play the Warriors and get beat four one. So I don't know. I, I think time will tell on that. I just think the Suns' time might be over. The Warriors, you know, we talked about it last time we were on here. Is it time to push the panic button yet? And I was like, no. Like there's just like a caution light, you know, like maybe coming up soon. It may be time to push the panic button because Steph Curry is doing it all by himself most nights. Clay had a forty point game last night, sure. But the majority of the time, he doesn't really have that much help. The reason why I think I'm I was fully don't hit the panic button. Only reason I think you start looking at the panic button, it gets a little tempting, is because you look at Steve Kerr's emotion in the press conferences. Yep. Look, yep. Feel, like hear his tone, it sounds defeated almost. And really like does. we mentioned, like a lot of people, a lot of NBA people have mentioned, well, it's awful when your season starts with Draymond Green punching one of your star players in the face. That just set the complete tone for the year. I mean, I, I can't believe they smoothed that over and they're still playing with each other like nothing happened. Um, But moving on from the Warriors, Lucas having an MVP season, Uh, but the Mavs are... It, I mean, it's tell me it's any different from those old James Harden teams, just less talent on him. Once again, you see him in the playoffs, you're like, like yes, Luca has a chance to beat you a couple games, but is he going to beat, you know, is he going to win three series in a row by himself? I don't think so. I don't think there's enough talent around him. Like, he, if there's anybody that's going to do it, it's going to be him. But that usage rate, like, it's just not sustainable for the playoffs. Because when no. it comes to the playoffs, you're in a seven-game, possible seven-game series. You don't think they're game planning their whole entire game plan around stopping him. It's not a regular season game where it's, oh, he can get hot and drop a 40-point triple-double and there's nothing we can do to stop him. They will plan their entire game plan around him in a seven-game series. He's got to have some help. And Christian Wood's been, like, hot and cold this year. They bring him off the bench. I thought JaVale McGee was a good signing. He's been pretty inconsistent. It's the same old thing as last year. It's Luka, Dinwiddie. Then you got Reggie Bullock and Dorian Finney-Smith taking, what, two shots a game probably playing pretty good defense, and then Dwight Powell or Maxi Kleber down low with Tim Hardaway off the bench. That's not going to win you three playoff series. It can't. I mean, they made it to the Western Conference Finals last year. I know, That's but like... the insane thing. That's how, like, when you say Luka can't do it on its own, he can't win the finals on its own. I, I 100% agree with that. But, like, if anybody's going to do it on its own, his own, it's Luka. Like, yeah. The other thing I would say, too, is like you say, the usage ray and he can't do it on, on its own. The only person I feel like where it's one guy and he might be able to do it on its own is Giannis. Yeah. Because you know, it's, and, but it's but the he has difference. so much more help. So he much does more have, help. And, and Exactly. I'm not disagreeing with that at all. He okay. just has so much more height and everything. He um, does, but he can't play. You know, he can't play 40 minutes a game for seven games in a row. We've seen that. No. I, uh, yep. I, no, you're right. Let me tell I, you I'm this. not saying you're right, if, but I was, yeah. If you put Giannis on the Mavs, and I know like the team structures are a little different, like Giannis and Luke are not the same player. If you put Giannis on a similarly talented team as the Mavs, I think we're having the same conversation. I think you're right too. It's, I don't think Gian- I mean, Giannis does not win a title with the same talent that Luca has right now. I think those the Harden Rockets teams were way more talented and just set up tailored perfectly around James Harden. Yep. But it's the same exact thing, like. Even when the Rockets were, you know, going into that game seven, Chris Paul, hamstring and all that, whatever, you can talk about that. That's a different story. But did you really feel like the Rockets were going to win that and go to the finals and win? I really didn't at the time because, you know, we were big in the NBA at this time. I did not feel like they were going to win. And looking back on it now, I'm like, 
they were very close to pulling off. So they were close. They were close. The whole Chris Paul legacy talk changes if he wins that finals. Yes. And James Harden is talked about in a whole nother light. But that's a podcast for the summertime. Let's talk about Luca real quick. One last thing. He's got to be the MVP, right? Oh, he has to be right now. He's dragging right. that Mavs team. He's doing ridiculous things on the basketball court right now. And the his the, the passes he Rob Perez tweets out a pass every other night from Luca, and you're just it, it doesn't make sense. It genuinely it doesn't. doesn't make sense. Uh, the, last thing on the NBA, we got to hurry. The Kings, oh, yep, yep, they're yep. The we got to talk about the Kings real quick. Uh, light the beam, terrible. Light, light the beam. It up. The victory beam light. I'm gonna order my own victory beam beam light just to help out with my bets in college basketball, college football this week, because we're on the greatest sports week in history right now. I need my own victory beam, like really bad, because I'm beam electric. Because I had a terrible weekend in college football. The Dallas Cowboys salvaged football, but man, it got dangerous. And so I, I need I need a victory beam light very, very bad. Yeah, I, I love the victory beam, and I think it's something unique and fun. And, like, Sacramento's not bad this year. I said this in my article. Shout out my blog picks, by the way. They're on, on fire right now. I said it in my article. They're, where, they're can decently... you find those? What, wait, where can you find those blogs? So, I think they're on this website. It's called cartercast.com. Really good for sports content. Really great articles coming off, like, hot off the stove articles. Great podcast content clips. Somewhere like that. You might want to look. You might want to find them there. But the Kings are, like, pretty decent this year, so they can have some fun. They have a fun team. I've actually watched more Kings games this year than I care to admit. Like if it's 10 o'clock and I'm like, oh, the Hornets just put me in a miserable mood or something like that. I'm like, oh, the Kings are a six point game in the third quarter. Let me turn it on. They're pretty fun they're, to watch. They're a good live bet team because they're always in it. Always in it. Always in it. So bonus is putting up good numbers. Like people are we're ragging them on the Halliburton trade. If De'Aaron Fox plays like this and averages 27 and 13 and leaves them to a playoff spot, the trade's worth it. Because De'Aaron Fox is still mid twenties, he's not old. Um, last and I just wanted to say, Kings are good. We were big yep. on their win total before the season started. It looked bad in the beginning, but now we're uh, we're looking all right. I think they're about nine and six right now. So yeah, hey, yeah, 500, 500, We're chilling. We're we're hey, hitting it by last, seven. Games. Last last thing on the NBA. If some of these teams hold true, Jazz Kings, the Warriors are going to be looking at a playing spot if they're not careful. Yeah, that's. There's only so well, many spots. Somebody's going to get a playing spot if they don't chill. Nuggets, Clippers, somebody. Very true. We're going to play who would you rather have in the NBA. So, oh, for yeah. example, it can be who would you rather have, LeBron James or Jason Tatum? Obviously, you'd rather have Jason Tatum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe maybe not. Maybe you can get into that. But, all right, let's play who would you rather have, Fred Van Fleet yep. or Tyree Talburton? That's a good one. That's a good one. Okay. So you got Fred Van Fleet. I'm not the biggest Van Fleet believer, but the Raptors have been good the last few years, and he's been their best player for a lot of that time. However, however, watching Tyrese Halberton play this year, the numbers he's putting up with that team around him, he's leading the league in assists with that roster, which they're not horrible, but it's nothing to write home about. I think if you take into account age, you take into account even like height, like Fred Van Fleet's undersized. Let's not take into account age. No age. Okay. Still, this year, I want Tyrese Halbert. Van Fleet's been in and out of the lineup, very injury-prone. The Raptors have still been doing okay this year, but he's had some bad, bad shooting performances. Halliburton's consistently putting up 21 and 11, and I think he's a better overall point guard and team leader. What do you think? Tyrese Halliburton is averaging 20.6 points per game, 10.5 assists per game, and 4.6 rebounds per game. 
Fred Van Fleet is averaging 18.5 points per game, 6.8 assists per game, and then 3.3 rebounds per game. Obviously, stats don't tell you the whole story, but what it does tell you is Tyrese Halliburton is good. Tyrese Halliburton is balling out, and he's a great defender. This Pacers team is not good, and they have a winning record right now. They're projected to finish last yeah. in the East. Yeah. And they were in the Wembenyama sweepstakes, and they might be in the play-in sweepstakes. Exactly, and you're and you're talking about um, Tyrese Halliburton being a great defender. That is a big part of it, and also he's shooting. Tyrese Halliburton is shooting forty nine percent from the field, forty percent from three. Van Fleet down a lot this year, only forty percent from the field and thirty eight percent from three. And that's a pretty big difference in the numbers. So I know he'll probably bounce back, but if I'm choosing Halliburton as of right now, I'm taking Halliburton too. All right, let's move on. Who would you rather have, Laurie Markkinen? Or John Collins. See, this is a good one because I'm high on Laurie Markkinen this year. And if you've read my articles, you know that I wrote about him and the players you should watch. Spot on, by the way. Took him to the player prop, didn't hit. I'm taking him right now in this moment over John Collins. And that is a very, it's it's a bigger conversation than you think. John Collins was the second best player on an Eastern Conference Finals team two years ago. Right or wrong? Right. So there's no, there's like, there's no possible way you're taking Laurie Markin over him, right? John Collins fell off this year. I don't know if it's because DeJounte Murray came in. Collins' name has been brought up in a lot of trade talks recently. He's just not putting up the numbers this year. He's averaging what? I got it right here. 12 points a game, eight rebounds a game, 50% from the floor. Okay. 23% from three. Ugh. Laurie Markin, 22 a game, eight rebounds, 2.3 assists, 55% from the field, 37% from three. And I would dare argue he's been a better defender than John Collins this year. Jazz are better than Jazz are better than the Hawks right now. There, there's nothing you can argue. If you say it right now, you have to take Laurie Markin in. You have to. He is playing out of his mind. And John Collins, it just seems he's irrelevant this year. He's irrelevant this year. I don't understand it. The there was a time we got, he got all that money, and I was like, oh, he's a little overpaid, but like I get it. Ugh, it looks kind of weird right now. The seven foot Michael Sarah should be an all star. <laughs> he should be. If the Jazz are anywhere near the top three or four in the conference that late in the year, he should be an all-star. Laurie Markkinen is averaging 22.3 points per game, 8.4 rebounds per game, 2.3 assists per game. John Collins is averaging 12.4 points per game, 7.9 rebounds per game, and then 1.3 blocks per game. Like I say, stats don't always tell the story. By all means, they definitely don't. When you watch the game, you, you just can't say you wouldn't take Markkinen. Markkinen is like getting into a spot where he's almost untradeable for the Jazz. I would agree with that. And John Collins almost seems invisible in the court sometimes. He's a complete non-factor. Some games he plays less than 20, 25 minutes a game. And I know he doesn't get as much usage rate because DeJounte Murray's there. But still, but still, I'm still taking Laurie Markkinen. All right, last one. This is the best one we have so far. Who would you rather have? Kawhi Leonard? Or Ben Simmons? That's a good one because we're not taking into account age, which doesn't really matter too much anyways. I mean, I'm still going to lean Kawhi Leonard, but if somebody said Ben Simmons, I don't think I would start like a like a fire. I don't think I would like raise the alarm bells and man the battle stations or something. I don't think that's insane. And just for the simple fact that Kawhi Leonard can't stay on the court, and you have to take that into consideration, which neither can Ben Simmons, but he has this year. Somewhat. I th- the only reason I say Kawhi Leonard, one, I think Kawhi Leonard's better, obviously, but well, yeah, he doesn't cause drama. I'd rather have someone that's quiet and doesn't 
cause drama is out of the public eye than someone that's actually talking in the media yeah. and still stinks. Are we just doing this for clicks? Don't lie, Carter. <laughs> Did they say Ben Simmons they'd rather have over Kawhi Leonard? Is that a real option? Is that a real question in 2022? No, I'm still taking Kawhi Leonard, if, if we're being completely honest. But he's getting... Kawhi Leonard's name should be brought up a lot more when we're talking about guys who are unavailable, not there for their team, inconsistent. He's just not, he hasn't been able to play. And eventually that has to be held accountable for. Kawhi Leonard, the problem with Kawhi is, we said this before the season, why would you continually say the Clippers over? They were at 52 and a half wins before oh, the season. Ridiculous. And they're they're not playing that bad right now. They have a winning record. They're, you know, I think they're in a play-in spot. They're like the six, mm-hmm. seven. Everyone's jumbled in there. There's not enough games to decipher. But why would you why would you bet your hard-earned money on a full season Clippers over when you know Kawhi Leonard's not even gonna play half the season? You know what it's going to be. And a lot of those guys aren't even going to play a lot of games either, especially Kawhi Leonard, but Paul George ain't going to play but probably 60 games, if that. John Wall's going to be resting on back-to-backs a lot. Older guys like Marcus Morris, Nick Batum, they're not going to be playing every game. You know, like, you can't bet your money on a team to win a certain number of games because you're betting them to win 50 games out of, like, 65 pretty much with a full lineup, if that. That's generous. I'm talking 20. They're oh, well, full lineup with Kawhi Leonard. Without yeah. Kawhi Leonard, I would say like around 60. Kawhi Leonard's just its own separate category. No, there's a stupid one total. Who All would right. you rather have, Donovan Mitchell or Paolo Bancaro? And we're doing age. Age into account. So Donovan Mitchell's 26. Paolo obviously rookie this year. Who would you take, Carter? Say it. I mean, I mean, of course I'm taking Paolo. Of you course can't I'm say taking that Paolo. With a straight face. You can't say that with a straight face. 100% I can stay. This say year, that after you've seen 15 games of Paolo, you're taking him. Yeah. After what you've seen from Donovan Mitchell, I can't accept that. How long do how long do I have to keep this person for? What do you this is who you're building around? If I'm building around, I'm taking Paola. No doubt. Okay, that's fair. But he's not proven. What if he turns out to be like yeah, he looks he looks pretty good this year. He's pretty proven. Have you seen Donovan Mitchell this year? I have seen a lot of Donovan Mitchell this year. He's bought into the Cavs. But I've also seen Don I've also seen Donovan Mitchell. In previous years as well. That's fair. That's also fair. I just can't not take Donovan Mitchell this year. I can't not take Donovan Mitchell. He's putting up, he's putting up 24 points a game on 44% shooting, four rebounds, five assists, a steal and a half a game on a Cavs team that's like tied for third in the East. That's pretty good numbers. But they have a lot I, of talent. They have a lot of I talent want, around him. I want a forward. I want a big guy. I don't want to have to rely – when I go into the playoffs, I don't want to have That's to true. rely on a guard. I want to rely on a guy who's big, strong, and can go down to the lane and get me a bucket when I need one the most. And That's you just true. can't rely on that with guards. Guards are going to get injured. Guards are going to get exploited on defense. Powell's not going to get exploited on defense. Powell's going to get there, give it to him in the post, and say, I need a bucket right now. Clutchest moment. You trust Powell more than – than Donovan Mitchell, don't you? I don't know if I do. I don't know if I do. I can't say that at this moment right now, on November 21st of his rookie year, I can't take him over Donovan Mitchell. It's too much, too many question marks. It's too unproven. If you'd ask me this at this time next year, then I'm sure my answer might be different. After I'm taking Paolo Bancaro. I'm sticking with Donovan Mitchell here. I can't go Paolo. Not this early. Too unproven. Never seen a playoff game. You just don't know. There's too many question marks upon the rookie. 
But we got to move on from the NBA. We got to talk to college basketball. It's college basketball feast week, one of the best weeks of the year in sports. We have the Maui. We have the PK-80 this year. We have the battle for Atlantis. We have a zillion college basketball tournaments. Now It starts from like 10 a.m. Eastern till mm-hmm. 1 in the morning Eastern. It's bananas. We have the World Cup from three eight, from 5 a.m. Eastern to like 2 p.m. Eastern. You just, it's going to be insane. I'm not sleeping. You can see it in my eyes. I haven't slept. I woke up at 6 a.m. for England, Iran. I'm waking up in like six hours for Argentina, Saudi Arabia. I don't care. I'm watching everything. I'm not missing a thing. In college basketball, though, what I wanted to talk about, there are a lot of bad teams in college basketball. I don't think anybody is that good. Carolina's looked really shaky. Duke Very obviously vulnerable. lost to Kansas. Can- that Kansas team is not that good. If Grady Dick doesn't go off at the end right there, this it's not that and Duke was without Lively's coming off gingerly coming off an injury. Derek White has not even on the roster or wasn't even playing yet. He now he's going to start tonight against Bellarmine, I think. Mm-hmm. I just don't, Gonzaga gets smoked by Texas. Texas might be the best team in college basketball. Yeah, Houston's good, but like at the end of the day, like it makes There's, you as as a Carolina fan and as a Duke fan myself. It makes you feel really good about your team because we said it every single time. It comes down to one thing in college basketball, two things in college basketball, coaching and guard play. Some teams have good coaching. Kentucky does not. John Calipari no. needs to be talked about more, how terrible he is. That's a different podcast. But guard play, guard play is everything. Jeremy Roach was, he's, I mean, he's obviously, he's not an All-American. He's All-ACC level, second, second third team All-ACC without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. Uh, Tyrese Proctor's solid. Obviously, Caleb Love and R.J. Davis are good. Virginia's going to be there with their guards with Beekman and Clark. Guard play is everything. And you're asking yourself, Carolina at one, it's kind of scary. It's really not that scary because these teams like Gonzaga have terrible guard play. Kentucky, mediocre guard play. Wheeler is not that special. No, and that's the thing. If you look at college basketball from an out, like a you know, you take a step back and just look at college basketball this year, there's not a clear cut team like last year with Gonzaga with Chet and Drew Timmy. They were getting all the hype. It was oh, Gonzaga's the clear cut number one. Who's going to take him down or all this stuff? Like Duke had a lot of hype last year. There's not a clear cut team this year with all that hype. So like it it makes me think that like college basketball is really vulnerable right now. And even if you go down a rung and you look at like the, some of these Power Five conferences like the ACC. And their bottom teams, they're horrible. They're legitimately horrible. You've got Florida State, Louisville, Syracuse losing to absolute schools. Wake, that, Wake the, lost the, to Louisville. Wake also, well, they're losing to schools that the average fan would be like, what? You know, like we know them because we watch college basketball, but it's like they shouldn't be losing to these teams. Like Louisville literally lost to App State. They lost to Lenore Ryan in an exhibition game. It's just some of these bottom tier ACC teams. The Tuesday of the ACC tournament is going to be a snooze fest more than ever this year. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a snooze it, fest it's every shocking. year, and I'm still going to watch it. Um, oh, yeah. Real quick, one, once again, we talked about UVA second. Pat myself on the back. Spot on. Spot on about UVA. Oh, They're yeah. going to dominate this regular season. They're going to be phenomenal. They're going to go like 15-1, and 14-2 and two in the ACC. And They're going to beat Carolina and Duke once. Oh, 100%. Without a and doubt. They're going to lose in the semifinal of the ACC tournament or win it, but then they're going to lose in the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Um, and, oh, my gosh. If things stay the way they are right now with all this uncertainty, the tournament's going to be very, very unpredictable. We're way far away from that. But And that's the last thing I wanted to touch on mainly. Uh, 
it's going to be a lot. It was a few couple years ago where it was just the number one team just just getting knocked off. The next game, if you had the number one ranking, the next game you're losing. Doesn't matter who you're right. playing. And right. I don't think it'll be necessarily that this year. I think Carolina is good enough. I do think Carolina loses this week in the PK80. They they're finally playing some real competition. They're not going to get up for one of these games. This is a big big test for Carolina this weekend because they're playing the first real competition they faced all year. It's going to get one or two ways. Number one, how it usually goes, they're going to get punched in the mouth, take a loss, and hopefully use that for the better. Or number two, they are they are a battle tested team. After that tournament run last year, they showed they can get up for the big games. Maybe they play to their full potential against these big games, and they just haven't been getting up for these cupcake schools. I'm leaning more towards they get punched in the mouth and take a loss at some point, but it'll it'll, it'll tell a lot about this season. I can guarantee it right now. November 21st, it's Monday, 7.15 p.m. Eastern time. I can guarantee UNC Don't gets blown out in the CBS, whatever game CBS is airing in December. I'm going. Carolina's on. Is it the one in Charlotte? Oh, no, the CBS Sports Classic. Is that what you're talking about? Yes. No, that's in Madison Square Garden. Whatever that one that CBS broadcasts in December every year, I guarantee you Carolina loses by double digits. Well, that's bad for me. That's bad for me because I'm going to be there and I'm going to have $100 at least on the money line. So, (laughs) Guarantee. They always lose that CBS broadcast game. They do. It it does seem like there's always a couple of those big games where they're all hyped up and then they just get stomped. So I I don't know. We'll see. They've looked shaky so far for sure, but I, I do think there's a chance they bounce back. The PK-80 is going to be awesome this week. Uh, Duke's in it. Duke's bracket's kind of a little weaker than uh, Carolina's a little stronger. They have Gonzaga in theirs. Um, The Maui, the Maui's a little weaker this year. BYU's in the Atlantis with Kansas and all them. That's going to be awesome. BYU? (laughs) Oh, I didn't know that a team still. Sorry. Yeah, no, we're good. We're good. It's it's fine. <laughs> we pushed against Nickel State. We're fine. We're oh, okay. I got you. I got we're you. still alive. We only lost one game. We're chilling. Uh, <laughs> we, we're so bad. We're so bad. UVU is going to destroy BYU. <laughs> That's okay. I'm a UVU guy through and through. Shout That's out to right. Mike Madsen, my guy. We should have beat Wake Forest. Um, but also, I'll I'll close this real quick on Duke. I did. I, you're going to watch Dariq Whitehead. You may not watch him tonight against Bellarmine. You're probably going to watch the NBA. I'm going to watch Duke versus Bellarmine. I'm telling you, I have the perfect comp for this kid. He is Theo Pinson mixed in with Harrison Barnes on Duke. I'm really? Tell- telling you, he's got the jump shot like Harrison Barnes, but he's got the silkiness, the smoothness, the feel for the game like Theo Pinson. I, it, w- just watch a little bit of the Duke game tonight. You guys are going to be like, oh, he's got a point. I'm going to look. I'm going to have to look out for that. I like that little cross reference there. Okay. Yeah. So I just be on the lookout. Uh, and that'll do it from us. Make sure to check out cartercast.com, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube. Like and subscribe on the YouTube. The YouTube's getting up there a little bit. Getting up there. Getting some views. Getting some views. The Mark views. Madsen clips over 100, almost over 100K right now. Go, go like and subscribe to YouTube. Go, 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 go. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your support. My Thanksgiving, what I want to say I'm grateful for is you. Thank you for listening. I ge- we, we genuinely appreciate it. Me, Dylan, Grant, everybody – Connor, of course, I know you're going to say stuff too. We genuinely appreciate you guys listening. You guys are the best. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We want to grow this like crazy. Exactly. And I was going to say, just seeing comments, like comment where you're watching from. Like we had a comment the other day from somebody watching from Australia. I thought that was awesome. Like shout out. I think his name was Jason. Shout out Jason in Australia. Yeah. That made me feel great. Cause it's just like, 
even if you don't think it means much, it takes like five seconds to be like, hey, I really enjoyed this thing y'all said or good take on this. I'm listening from so wherever the hell you are in the world. That makes us feel really good. So much appreciated on that. I, I, I took that to heart. Absolutely. Y'all are the best. Thank you so much for listening. And keep watching, keep subscribing, keep doing what you're doing. CarterCast.com. You know the whole drill. We say it every week. You know oh, yeah. what's going on. And we'll see y'all next time. We'll see you on the football show. Happy Thanksgiving to everyone, even though we'll talk to you before Thanksgiving. I'll wish you another Thanksgiving. Feast week. See y'all then. Bye.